Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. And now, your host, Sean X-Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. I'm your host, John Waltman. It's good to be back here. This is take two. Tried to do this a little bit ago, and I just had zero energy to offer. And uh, and so I, we had to take a break, and I had to do some push-ups and some... Actually, I'm full of shit. I didn't, I didn't do anything. But somehow I feel a little bit better now for take two. And um, anyways, a little bit later, we're going to have... In studio, Eli Drake, a.k.a. Sean Ricker. Or should it be the other way around? Sean Ricker, a.k.a. Eli Drake. Either way, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I, I, we talked about that with uh, Gregory Holmes. Yes. Last Was it last week, right? Or Two week before? Ago. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, And I've been meaning to have him, man. Uh, I saw him the night before we, uh, both of us went to New Orleans. We were both shopping at... Um, Macy's. I'm not going to say which Macy's. But, yeah, we were both uh, walking around with our hoodies up so no one would see us. And then the two of you recognized each other? No. You'd already went through this. (laughs) He didn't know it was me. Anyways, doesn't matter. Don't want to get off into the weeds already. There's some other things to talk about. We got the punk fight. Uh, We have um, ROH at Madison Square Garden, apparently. Uh, and I didn't see the whole thing, but I saw I saw uh, the two matches that people are talking about the most from uh, from New Japan Dominion. And I would have liked to watch the whole thing. I just didn't, man. You didn't have six hours. I to spend? didn't, man. I just didn't. It's a lot. Yeah. So, but I did see those. Even okay, the, the everything that's been said about those two matches. Let's just get right into. Yeah, it. let's yeah, talk about so, Dominion. Yeah. Everything that's that's been said by people about um, you know praising uh, Naito and Jericho and Okada Omega can't argue with any of it. No, none of it. You know, um, and I know people have their different you know things that you know that's not their cup of tea or, or whatever. But um, man, it's really hard to look at that. Well, especially the Omega uh, Okada match. And I mind you, when you when you watch that match, you have to be ready to hunker down and you know have the drinks and everything, and and you know like because you're in you're there for a while. You're there for a story. Yeah, and those two told a story. Yes, yes, and and um, man, it was over an hour. Yeah, I yes, think they went sixty three or sixty four minutes. Yeah, easily. Yes, and. Um, and so, okay, when I, when I hear, okay, Meltzer said this was, 
I don't know what he seven said. Seven stars or something. Okay. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Did he say seven? I saw online it was like Meltzer gives first seven star rating. <laughs> so, good. Hey, man, it's his it's, it's his, his rating. Star he rating. can do whatever he wants. He <laughs> and 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 uh, so I'm going. Okay, I want to see why he said that. And so I go back and I watched it carefully. And just look, some of that stuff is just whole nother level shit we're talking about here. You know, uh, really, really um, intricate stuff that like isn't hard to follow though. Like, because you could get all, like, convoluted in your own head when you're putting matches together. Because I know some people that have been that way. They put their matches together to to entertain themselves. And then when it just doesn't translate to the people. Like, it's just so much shit going on. And, you know, you don't, like... But the thing about this is, like, that when I saw that kind of stuff in this match, it's like, it, I got it. Yeah. You know, it was real. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Just, like, certain things just... Some, Ways of going in and out of things that I would never even imagine doing, before, you know, before. And well, it's such a pleasure to be able to watch that. Something that comes to mind is when Okada knocks Kenny off the apron and he hits his side on the guardrail. I legit thought, oh man, he might not be able to continue in this match because it looks so bad and he sold it so well. Right. Yeah. That it's just like little things like that that have you invested that the average fan just turning the channel can see something like that yeah. and already catch on to the story and what's going on. Or just blocking the guy's rainmaker with the with the kick oh, to, yeah. the, to the arm, you know? Or like softening each other up. A lot of times in, in shorter matches, you don't have that. With this, these are two guys literally doing whatever possible yeah. to get the advantage. That means slapping you in the back, I'm going to slap you in the back. And it's just from start to finish, it, it had you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about this match in particular is like we said, it went close to 70 minutes, which is a long time. And clearly it didn't feel like it. But the interesting thing about this is that we were saying they told a story. From the start, you know, we Kenny's Kenny's strategy was, hey, you know, I want to win the first fall. When he did it, people were like, how on earth is he going to get Okada to lose, you know, two falls in a row? That That's is right. insane. And then the fact that, you know, he, okay, so the first three matches, he couldn't get the one-wing angel. He couldn't get it. Finally, two afterwards, he gets it. So it was kind of like this whole story that ended up building up where it was just like when it happened, people were, you know, people were in shock. They were in awe. Like yeah. this incredible long match, but it didn't feel like it was just like a wild ride. And I feel yeah. like that's what's missing a lot in wrestling is that we like to be taken on this roller coaster of a ride with a storyline. It just captivates you. Yeah. I, you know, and it's just. It, get, it, it it makes me chuckle sometimes when I read people go, ah, oh, they have no psychology in their matches. Bullshit. And and way more so now than than before. I think they've like in the last few years really concentrated on 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 having you know their matches tell great stories. Yeah. And it's okay. Look, because it's a different kind of psychology, doesn't mean they don't have their psychology. And and like I've, and it's always been that way over there. They, I mean, and and just like Mexico, I don't agree with the Mexican way of doing it. It's backwards ass is f to me. Sure, but it works down there. It does, mind you. The way I did it worked down there even better. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. But well, that's to- you know, I mean, that's just you know, things. Uh, you know, grow in different in different parts of the world, and they have their own flavors to them. And and it's just like you know, it's something we're not familiar with, so we immediately shun it, or or you know, 
or, or put it down or whatever. And to both your points about the storytelling, you can tell this was really planned out because you mentioned the first two times Kenny could not get the win or he couldn't hit the, the one-wing angel. Well, all of a sudden, yeah, two out of three falls, you could tell this was the booking was done so far and that's just that's when things are the best when, yeah. you, when you really have time to tell a story. 720-day title reign too. I mean, come on. Yeah, and people so. like would criticizing New Japan, Gato as the booker of New Japan for keeping that belt on Okada all this time. And, and it, not, it was the best yes. thing they could have done. So smart. And I, and like, um, I've seen so many people go, oh, okay, yeah, it was the right thing to do. Because we're in a very impatient culture now. Oh, absolutely. People want they what want they microwave. want. They want it now. Exactly. Well, I've always, I've always said this. Like for me, long title reigns are everything because I feel it definitely makes the belt more seem more important. And when you actually beat the guy that's been ha- held it for however long, you're just like it means that much more. And I actually wrote this down because in the last seven years, there's the only champions for IWGP Heavyweight Title have been Tanahashi, Okada, Styles, and Naito. So that's only what four, and now Kenny like. Yes. That's insane, you know. That's that's it makes it more important, and I like that. Wins and losses matter, absolutely. And if they don't, then whatever we're talking about doesn't really matter as much, nearly as much. Like it just like I know I had a better way of putting that, like in in a tweet a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) But um, anyways. Let's just go on to uh, Naito and, and Jericho. Yeah, I just want to say this. What he did after the match is going to make Naito an even bigger star. Yeah. He wins the title, and it's still not enough, and then he attacks right. him anyway. Brilliant. So just br- actually brilliant like from start to finish, how the match was laid out and, and paced. and it. So what do you think that match went, 30 minutes? At least. Something like that? Yeah. So, yeah, roughly. I'm guessing because, but it was it was it was long enough to be long enough, if that makes sense. I have a weird way of saying things sometimes, but um, it, but it was it it wasn't so long that you know they had to they had to hunker that that was for Okada and and you know and Omega to do. This was plenty long enough and well, more, way more than long enough. Sure and. Uh, just the story was was excellent, and um, and yeah, Johnny, like you said, after he wins, it's just great. Yeah, he get you know he he, he attacks him and, and he starts whipping him with his belt. Now it's going to be a blood feud. Yes, and, and when Naito eventually gets that title back, he's going to become a, you know one of their and and what a, what a thing, and, and so then Evil comes in and makes the save, mm-hmm. and the place goes nuts over that. So that I mean, it was just it was a win-win for like yeah. you know every like it was really good. Well, stuff. Well, now the story continues. Now Jericho versus Evil, yeah, yeah. to help his friend revenge. And Jericho's presentation, just the way we've never seen him look like that. Clockwork Orange. <laughs> yeah, that, I thought it was. It looked like a mix of Alice Cooper and uh, Michael Jackson from Billie Jean. No, it was Clockwork Orange. <laughs> you ever seen Clockwork Orange? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's of actually what, what am I saying? <laughs> one of the things that I want to credit Jericho that everybody's talking about is the fact that he's been he's been able to reinvent himself now as a brawler, which you know many people are saying like a that's going to make his career go longer, yeah. where he can have more matches, especially if he's wrestling this style. But I think it's just super cool that the guy that's always reinventing himself is reinventing his style in a sort of way. Yes, well, that's Chris. He's been very good at that. He's been probably 
amongst the best at that and maybe in the history of the industry, mm-hmm. really, if you want to be honest. And there have been guys that have been good about, you know, reinventing themselves over the years. He's also found the fountain of youth. I mean, my God, he, he wouldn't tell his age by watching it. He's a DDP yoga man. There you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, oh, shit. I had this thought in my head and I lost it. But, uh, but okay, so what I was going to say about how the match was laid out, it was, it was, it's, Really, like, I'm not going to say it's exactly how I would have laid it out because obviously it's not. But I would have done it along the same lines as Chris did. And and um, it was a really smart way to do it when you're working with the guy that there's, you know, a language barrier there and you just don't, and you've just never worked with them before. I don't think they've ever been in a match together. I think it's safe to say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. First time they they were in the ring. And to put something like that together. When he was working with Kenny, you know, both guys that, you know, speak, hey, speak English. Speaking English <laughs> you know, there was, and I, I just, I, I, I liked, I think, truthfully, I think uh, there's better chemistry with that. I think Chris has better chemistry with Naito than he does with, uh, Kenny? with Kenny in the ring. Wow. And I think Kenny has better uh, chemistry with Okada. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue that by watching those two matches. Yeah. You know? Not that they had bad chemistry, you know, but better with the other with the other guys. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of title changes, actually, at Dominion. We also have uh, the new tag team titles. Young yeah. Bucks are now the heavyweight tag team title uh, champs. And then uh, Takahashi defeated Osprey. What a match that was. My God. I didn't see it. A lot of things that made you jump out of your seat between yeah. those two, especially Osprey. He does things. He, they call him the aerial assassin for a reason. Yeah. My well, God. I wish I I wish I would have thought because I want I would I'm not going to comment on something I didn't see. Yeah. But uh, did you see Ray's gear? No. That was my favorite. He had half of the face looked like the lion logo from the New Japan, yeah. and then the other half was the Ray mask, and he painted. Actually, he I did see that. He looked awesome. Yeah. He had goat written on his chest. Yeah. Yeah. Was, he looked phenomenal. What a show! Huh. All right. Well, uh, and then so I guess that sets up. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Cody. July for, 7th, Cal Palace. Yeah. I'm excited for that because they had an awesome match during WrestleMania weekend. Like, I was completely blown away by them. So yeah. I'm pretty excited to see them go at it again. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Ken, I think I'm pretty sure Kenny's going to be on the show next week. We're going to have him on. So awesome. They, we're going to talk about all this stuff. You think they'll do the finger poke of doom? Hmm. What? With the Cal Kenny Palace? And, with Kenny and Cody, yeah. And just pass it. He just passes it, the title right on to Cody. Cody's Jimbo. the leader of the Bullet Club. Come on, man. You never know. It happened. All In's already sold out. Okay. They don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, but okay. What happened when they did that before? Nothing good. Exactly. So why would the why would they do that? <laughs> you never know. Why did they do it then? Well, it's never been done before, and there was never a uh, and so no one could go. Oh yeah, last time they did it, it was disastrous. So it's a really bad idea to try it again. Yeah. So, um, ROH is coming to Mass and Square Garden, or they at least have a, a date? I don't think they announced the date. It will happen in 2019, 19? though. That's official, yeah. which is, uh, wow, that's incredible. But what about the AAA date? Is that's, that still on? September. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty It's pretty awesome that, you know, this is, you know, branching. Madison Square Garden is 
that company promotions are branching out and that they're considering Madison Square Garden as an option because, you know, some of us maybe a few years ago wouldn't have, you know, thought it an option and now it is, which is pretty cool, I think. And, um, you know, Sinclair definitely has a lot of money. Yeah, that's So the they thing. can definitely play for, they can definitely pay for Madison Square Garden. Yeah. They'll sell plenty of tickets. So, I mean, you look at All In. Who knows how many that could have sold? It sold out in 24 minutes or 37 minutes. They, they could have sold out MSG, maybe. Well, I think that was a big factor of going to MSG was seeing how successful All In is. And like, well, if we could do this in Chicago, why don't we do this in New York? You know what? Okay. I was also thinking that. Not a they good way it? of thinking. Really? No. Why not? It's, it's different. There was a, it's a different vibe. There, like I would, We were talking about this on the show, or was I talking about this somewhere else, the Woodstock vibe? Yeah, we're talking about that on the show. Yeah, and just, like, there's so many things that makes that unique. Not that, like, they're not going to sell out, but in in the same with New Japan not selling out immediately, like, that's not some kind of disaster, folks. Right. Like, it's not, like, I mean, how spoiled are people right away already uh, when they think something should sell out, like, instantaneously? Mm Mm-hmm. How many tickets are sold in New Japan at the at the uh, at Cow Palace? Seven thousand, which is pretty damn good. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Come on. And there's I still think time it's to go. Be full. Well, and think about it. You know, we're we're in a society where people don't know what they're doing until the day before. Yeah. You sell seven thousand a month ahead of time. That's a pretty good gate. Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking that a possibility, since they haven't announced a date or time for Ring of Honor, I think that they might do it during WrestleMania weekend because it's not going to be being used Madison Square Garden. They're going to have a bunch of fly-ins, so I think it might be a good opportunity wow. to have you know I'm, all sorts of people there. I bet you're right, Denise. Wow. wow yeah. Good yeah. thinking. What yeah. night, though? That's the question. Uh, There's something I don't know because I was yeah. thinking as long as they don't, you know, if they go head to head with NXT, then they're obviously going to lose a portion of that audience. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. Your best bet is to go up against the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, Friday night. Friday. Yeah. Oh my God. I almost don't want to comment. <laughs> I was going to say if I was running an event from now on, I would run it opposite of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think you might be onto something. <laughs> Oh, All right, so what do you want to go to next? We want to talk about UFC 225 with Paul. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. Well, it happened. Uh, he did go the distance. Mike Jackson took control of him. Dana White was not happy with Mike Jackson's performance. He thinks he could have put Punk away a lot easier, a lot quicker. Um, what are your thoughts on the fight? Kind of what, kind of what his are. Yeah. Honestly, for okay, look, like for like a lot of people want to. St- say this and that but man like getting in there okay first of all just all the training and everything that goes into it like bef- that's the worst part well you called it last week too you said th- you said the trial will might negatively affect him and oh it absolutely did yep absolutely a, a thousand percent like and anyone that it. wanted to try and insinuate otherwise is it's it's yeah come on well it that had to be was... draining on all levels Sure. From like having to sit in the courtroom to not being able to work out at the gym to spending your whole day in the courtroom and then going to the gym when you're stressing about the court case and all the other things. So. Yeah. His timing wasn't there. I mean, he yeah. had no defense at all. No. And, and um, I see he got, he got off a couple of shots I saw. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he landed one or two punches, at least one. I know he landed one. Uh, but he couldn't do he – couldn't, he couldn't take uh, Mike Jackson down. And then once Mike Jackson – he was, he, he he pulled guard on Mike, but Mike was just 
no, I don't way too advanced. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't want to say way too advanced, but like, if, anyways, man. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll like skip my analysis of, of the fight. Hey, he took a beating. He went the distance, yeah. and that's as much as you could ask for someone. He he easily could have quit if he wanted to. Considering like how late he started, you know, getting into MMA, going in there to second fight. I mean, after his first, he could have easily been like, "I'm done." But he still went out there and you know did it. And I, that to me, that just it's a lot of heart. It's a lot of courage. Not very many people would do that. Not only to sacrifice your body, but your reputation. Um, I think it's incredible, and you know, a lot of there was a lot of you know negativity afterwards. But when it comes oh, down to be. it, he went in there and he did it. And and okay, different negativity coming from you know a lot of fans, uh, like mostly from fans, not nearly as much from fighters. A lot more respect, even though like maybe hey it was you know like out of his league or whatever, but respect from the actual fighters a lot more than the wrestling fans or the MMA fans in the media. A lot of the MMA media was just killing it, man. I mean, Rogan apparently was very negative the entire fight, but I guess was friendly in the post-match interview or something. He didn't like even okay. get to interview he him. He didn't do Okay. All right, well, it was he, he goes to interview um, the guy who won, and Punk's walking away, and he's like, oh, don't worry, Phil, I'll talk to you too. And then he just got out of the cage and left. So he didn't even do a post-match interview there or a go. post-fight interview. It's so. really difficult if you're – Johnny, you're, you've done play-by-play or color uh, analysis sure. more than I ever have. When you're trying to – you know, it's hard to polish up a fucking turd, man. That's about as good. It makes you look like shit. Yeah, I mean, Rogan was <laughs> Rogan knows a lot about the game, and and he was just calling what he saw. Now, is Rogan a fan of professional wrestling? He's made it clear that he's not on his podcast many times over the years. So I think he already had that thoughts about Punk to begin with. So I feel like it's almost like Rogan enjoyed it in a way, but at the same time, he's got to call what he sees. Yeah, and and also like, I don't know, man. Anyways, there. Anyway, so, um, yeah. Okay, so Corey Graves, he vented on on Punk. I honestly, I have. It seemed like it seemed like kind of a bad look when I first, but then when I look into it more and like hear his sign and things, I totally understand where he's coming from. Totally. Do you think, though, because I was reading that, and I don't think it made him look too great at all. I almost felt it's like... It's not supposed to make him look yeah. great. He was venting. He was, he was, he was emoting about, about a friend of his turning his back on him, Denise. Right. No, and I totally get that. But then afterwards, and I was actually telling this to Johnny and, and Jimbo outside, was, you know, he's friends with Samoa Joe, for example. You know, they go way back. They still communicate, give each other likes, etc., stuff like that. Like, you don't hear Samoa Joe going out and saying, like, man, we used to be friends. You know, we used to laugh and talk or whatever, and we're not doing that right now. I just kind of feel did like CM, the timing did, was off. Did CM Punk uh, hold... Samoa Joe's firstborn child before he did? Not that I know of, no. no All right, then. It's a whole different story uh, when you're talking about best friends. And, and, and Joe, like, it's, it's almost like when you're, like, you know, like a relationship with a significant other almost. You yeah. get jilted. And, and, and you know, um, he might have had a couple to drink. Who knows? And, I don't know. I'm not sure one way or another on that. But, you know. 
the emotions fly, and 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 he was hurt, and and yeah. he want and he expressed it, and I don't have a problem with that at all. It may or may not have looked good, but hey, sometimes we don't look good. That's up for Corey to care about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, exactly. And if, if what he said is true, if Punk really told some friends, quit your job at WWE or you lose me as a friend. Hey, people have families. You can't expect them to quit a job. You know that's that's a weird ultimatum to give. So and that's crazy that him and like it, and like when somebody asked Cole, like Cole Cabana the other day, you know, I think where was it? Was that on Busted Open? Or? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think Bubba pushed it too, and he said it's kind of like you are with Taz to to Bubba Bubba Dudley mm-hmm. Bubba Ray, Bully Ray. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yep. We'll just leave it at that. Simple. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that was his best friend, man. They li- he lived on, Punk lived on, on in Cabana's studio apartment on his couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like, look, I like, I like Phil. I like, I, I, I do, I, I admire the F out of him. But I totally understand where, where the other side of that. Absolutely. Anyways. And uh, last thing, so the friendly relationship between WWE and Evolve continues as now uh, June 24th in Melrose, Massachusetts. The NXT North American title will be on the line. Adam Cole facing, uh, he was Big Daddy Walter. Now I believe he's just Walter Walter. in capital letters. Uh, He's the current PWG champion. 6'4", 3'10". Adam Cole, not 6'4", 3'10". Yeah, well, um, I used to work with Kane. Yeah. It's going to be fun. No, it's yeah. going to be a great match. I was thinking, I love... you know, Kane was the baby face. Yeah. I, I love those. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah that's what you got to be good at. When yep. you're Adam Cole's size, you better get really good at working with the big guys. And if is. you want to make the big money, you got to work with the big guys. At least that's how it was. Not as much anymore, but there's still big guys out there that are in the big money spots. Mm-hmm. So it behooves you. Be able watch to out. work good matches with them. Watch out for those chops, man. His chops are vicious. Walter's sure. chops are. Ugh. Have you ever taken one? No, but I've filmed them and seen yeah. them and seen what they do to people, and it's just not <laughs> not something I would ever want to take. This is just great. It's another great uh, aspect of wrestling today. You have Evolve teaming up with NXT WWE. I mean, and PWG's champion <laughs> yeah! wrestling at another company God. versus another company's champion. Like two champ it was Taz versus Mike Awesome the last time this happened where two champions from other companies wrestled in a different company for a different title that's not that company's. If that makes any sense? That was a lot of it's like we're on Earth too, in other words. Yeah. There's different things happening. Well, it's I pretty j- great. I love that everyone's realizing working together helps everyone get yes. better. You know? So Dang, it's an, it's a new it's a new day, and it's a new mentality. And I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. The days of you have to go out, and for you to win, your competition has to lose, or you have to go out and crush the enemy. Those days are over, and it's not the way. It's not. I'm going to say it's the right or wrong way of doing it. But it's just not. The, it's not the way of doing it anymore. It yeah. just you know better things happen when everyone you know gets along. It's that phrase. And you can still have that competition. Yeah. You know, uh, without just, uh, you know, thinking that it's your mortal mortal enemy you're competing with. I mean, it's a cliche phrase, but teamwork can make the dream work. (laughs) I mean, it really can. Yeah. One of my favorite things about it is, uh, I was talking to you about this earlier, Sean, is that with the United Kingdom Championship, we've seen Pete Dunne 
represent WWE across the UK as that champion. And I'm wondering if this is the first in a step of Adam Cole representing the WWE across other independent promotions in the country as the North American Championship. And this is and this is definitely just the start of those cross promotions. I doubt it. Yeah. It's going to be maybe a couple of promotions, but not just any old, sure, you sure. know. Sim- similar to the UK, there's there's a handful of promotions that Pete Dunne appears as the United Kingdom champion. I, f- I figure it'll be something similar here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe so. Is that picture of Walter up on the screen? Mm-hmm. Uh, we showed it previously, but I can show it again. Yeah, no, I see, I see it, man. And, and he looks like he's uh, gotten in a little bit better condition, at least looks-wise. Yeah. Because, I mean, he could... That would be the only knock on him was was he his body wasn't that tight, but he's a big, powerful dude that can just go and go and go. I've been in um, I've been in WXW with him in Germany. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and super great guy too. Mm-hmm. Like there's just all kinds of things about him that to me are money. Oh no doubt. Yeah. And him and Thatcher, I think, were a tag team at yeah, one point, right? Yeah, their ring conf. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I hope you know. They definitely want him. I and I'm not sure like I imagine he's gonna be there at some point soon. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. It's be hard it's hard to pass up that opportunity. Because if you do, you know, you never know. Not that like for a guy like him it wouldn't come along again, but you know, sometimes you gotta go do that. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like the young bucks or, you know, Cody or like they're just crushing it in such a major way. You know, with merch and all these other things, that it just doesn't make sense for them right now. But sure. it, more so for Walter, I think. Yeah, and you would think if he's in this match, there's clearly interest. I mean, he also wrestled at um, Access, didn't he? No, that was Keith Lee. Oh, Keith Lee did yeah. wrestle at Access. I thought well, Walter Keith was... Lee wrestled Chris Hero at Access, and now Keith Lee is right. on his way. So there you go. I yeah. thought Walter you know? was okay. My bad. Yeah. So he was he was definitely there. I saw him backstage with Thatcher and a couple okay. other guys, but he I didn't see him wrestle at Access. Gotcha. All right. There you go. Hey, so real quick, uh, was it was either yesterday or the day before was the, the anniversary of, I think, three Monday. or four years of the passing of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And I just want to acknowledge that and, uh, and, and once again talk about the first time I ever went to a live uh, pro wrestling event and what made me decide I wanted to do this for the rest of my life was American Dream, Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. For the NWA World Title, with special referee on the floor, the the Midnight Rider. Oh my God, that's incredible. yeah. Which is how does that happen, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, everyone else on everyone else from the Babyface locker room. Well, not everyone, mm-hmm. but several different people. Like, okay, one, like, Midnight Rider would come out, and then it would be one person, like, you could tell under the mask. And this was me just, like, my first time there, right? Well, when one of them happens to be Charlie Cook and he's black, you can kind of tell that's not the... <laughs> I mean, that's not the yeah. real Midnight Rider. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's yeah, so no. great. No, it was an amazing. It was an amazing experience. Like, in the first, and also that night, like, I remember... Uh, on the undercard, I saw Exotic Adrian Street. Damn. Yeah, man. And he just beat the shit out of Magnum TA before he was Magnum GA. Whoa. And then he, like, spray-painted him or put makeup all over his face or something crazy. It was just really, uh, you know, I remember it vividly to this day. 
But anyways, back to the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. You know, um, I just, I, 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 he's the mother effing man. Yeah. Yes. I, like, I, I don't even want to go into that. Man, I'm all over the map, right? That's okay. Well, I mean, Dusty made people feel things that most people can't. Yeah. So I was going back and watching a lot of old Florida and Georgia wrestling. And, uh, and like, for anyone that wants to see, okay, everyone talks about uh, Dusty Rhodes' Hard Times promo. And, yes, it's legendary. But, like, a lesser one that was, in my opinion, just as good. Uh, was when was when Ron Bass turned on him in Florida. Oh. Uh, Dusty Rhodes versus Harley Race for the NWA title, and uh, Ron Bass was the special ref. And the the story was that that Ron and Dusty grew up together, and you know they had all these interests together, and just you know were friends, you know yeah. lifelong friends. And 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 Ron got you know jealous and turned on him and cost him the title and. You know, he comes out and he slaps him in the face on TV with Gordon Soley right there, and Dusty goes into this where he's almost crying. You know, and and I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend people look that up. So, uh, rest in peace, American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Obviously, you're missed by so many. Like I, I just noticed on Twitter, you know, all the people that that tweet, that tweeted something uh, about that, and so like, you know. Damn sure Dusty Rhodes is never going to be forgotten. No. Ever. He's missed every day in Florida, I bet you, NXT. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah. He used to do these... He used to do these uh, commercials in in the Tampa area. There was this... It was uh, Tom Stimus uh, conversion bands. And he would do this, and he would go, Tom Stimus, number one in the world. And they would beat the shit out of the hoods of these... (laughs) Vans and different things, and and there was uh, also this commercial for Kofer Brothers. You pull it. It was like a junkyard wow. where you pull your own auto parts, well, like a pick apart. Yeah, and he would have an engine block on his shoulder, and he would slam the engine block and then give it the bionic elbow. It was great. So, all right, enough about American Dream. We're gonna take a break right now. We're gonna come back with Eli Drake. Hey, Xbox One Two Three Sixty fans! Visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. That's the only place to grab shirts with the Xbox One Two Three Sixty logo, Wolfpack, or many other designs. If you pick up a shirt, make sure to tweet us using the hashtag Xbox One Two Three Sixty. Thanks for supporting the show. Now let's get back to it. Hey, welcome back to Xbox One Two Three Sixty, and joining us right now in studio. I'm really honored to have you in studio, man. Eli Drake, a.k.a. Sean Ricker. Yeah. Yay. The great hey, dream has come to Xbox One yeah. 360. And, and I, hey, forgive me for not I, uh, officially having you on before now. Man, I, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. I mean, I live down the street. I was just waiting for that invitation, you know. But, it's uh, bullshit of me, man. <laughs> but here we bullshit. are. bullshit. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Do you remember, like I asked everybody this, do you remember the first time we met? Yes. Uh, it was, I want to say, 2010. Uh, we did a tour in, uh, what did we do? It was it was Arizona, uh, somewhere in like San Bernardino. I don't remember, but it was... It was uh, the tour, like I wrestled Adam 
Adam Pierce Pierce. for that W World title with yep. the torn asshole. Yep. Yes, oh, I remember that. Yeah. You, had, you had the diaper on the yeah. whole time. I just told somebody that story recently <laughs> because if we did, uh, somebody was doing a Bronco bust, and I was like, "Oh my God, don't tear your asshole." Uh, <laughs> I've seen, I've heard, I've heard about this happening. That was the first, uh, the first asshole tear. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah, I think the, the very last day of that tour actually was a six man. It was you and. I forget uh, you and I think like the Rockness Monsters or somebody. Yeah. It was me, Adam Pierce, and Brian Cage uh, in a six man tag. Actually, so that was that was the first time I met you was on that tour. Wow, yeah. right on. So, where I met you, man? I got the wrong impression of you, and I'm sure I'm what not a the surprise. first person to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise! And, we, and, and like I've discussed it like with, with different people because man, you're a really misunderstood person, man. It, it's if somebody takes five minutes to actually sit and talk to you, man, yeah. like you're a funny guy, a really good guy, deep Thank thinker, you. man. And and uh, so where did things go wrong with people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's where things go wrong with me. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm super, I, like I stay to myself a lot. Yeah. I, I'm just like, well, no, this person doesn't want to talk to me. So I kind of just say hi, gotcha. move on my business. And it's they're very minimum, unless I see like an outright desire to talk to me in some way I'm just like I'll say this I'll move on I'll go do my own thing then they see me go out and they, I go in a ring or whatever if I'm with somebody I'm comfortable with and suddenly I'm so verbose and I'm yeah. like oh who's this asshole like what the he, he thinks he's big you know big shit and it's it's it, it happens over and over that's been through high school that's been through college it's been everywhere I've gone in wrestling uh, and and it always takes this little bit of a period. I know Hurricane was on here before, and he yes. mentioned uh, Bound for Glory 2015. Before then, in the Impact locker room, I was like heel number one. Uh, and then that night was like a turning point. We we all hung out. It was the first time I really hung out with everybody, bonded a little bit, and it was like off to the races, big baby face turn in the, yeah. in the locker room. So always happens. Uh, I've had I've had friends friends of friends have been like you know. I didn't know why my friend was hanging out with you. I thought you were a complete douchebag. He's like, he's like, you know what, though? After hanging out with you a little bit, you're not so bad. But how about, but you, I mean, you, I want to say I, I even met you before that because I was still with Alicia, I think, the first time I met you. Man, if so. Ali, my, my, my ex, Alicia Webb, uh, Ryan Shamrock. And, and um, I was working for Marquez, but I think it might even been before that. But, like, I if, guess I'm getting into the weeds a little if, bit. If That's so, if so, I, I, I see. I didn't start working for Marquez probably till like late '09, oh, right. maybe 2010. Um, because before that, I was in Ohio. I started yeah. at HWA in Cincinnati. Les Thatcher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for six years. Uh, Les was kind of he was more of a um, uh, occasional fixture there. It was mostly gotcha. Cody Hawk, who also uh, trained Dean Ambrose, Sammy Callahan. Uh, Is it Shark other. Boy from there? Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of bunch of names, bunch of guys that Nigel McGuinness was through there. Uh-huh. Um, I don't. There's a bunch of people who come through there. When so. I were when I went there, like okay, so if you took time off in uh, in WWF at the or WWE at the time for like an injury or whatever, even whatever it was, like you know, just to get you know back in the swing of things, they'd yep. send you to o- Ohio Valley or. Or HWA. That's why. And that's why I went there because I was thinking like I know you can go so many places. You get garbage training. If WWE trusts to send their guys there, yeah. Why the hell wouldn't I go there? 
I, I feel like it was a win-win situation. Uh, and it worked out great because I got to train in some of the best... I got to train in WWF ring. I got to train in WCW ring, whereas a lot of guys are training in rings with nails and sure. carpet and all kinds of yeah. dumb shit. So uh, I'm sorry. I keep swearing. Don't, don't worry, man. Do I, okay, we just great. try to watch the F word. All right, cool. Um, even though watch I, let the F. One, I let one slip <laughs> earlier, but whatever. Oops. But I worked with uh, Jamie Noble on a, on a HWA show. Yep. Had uh, a really good match with him. That was all before I got there. I got there in 2003, maybe like six months after they lost the contract. But from everything I'd heard, that was kind of a, a mixed blessing, yeah. uh, in the sense that like if you weren't a contracted guy, you kind of you, you kind of ate shit a lot. Yeah. Um, so it kind of worked out just right. Uh huh. I see. So I um, it like from the time I met you, Sean, it was two. Okay, say, okay. Let's just say two thousand. Let's say it was twenty ten. Twenty ten. Um, what happened between then and? Like a couple of years, like it's, been, it's only been the last two years or so when the, you've been starting to get a really good buzz going yeah. again, man. Well, you know, for those first few years, I never knew how to ask for a job. Yeah, that was the main thing. So for all those years I spent in Ohio, I never really made a name for myself, or never really branched out from like the home base I was at at HWA. Yeah. It was mostly just there. Um, and from there, I also I got uh, Tommy Dreamer actually got me my first um, tryout match, dark match, whatever. Um, it was on Sunday Night Heat, I think. It was uh, me and Dean Ambrose against the Big Show. Actually, uh, it was it was amazing because yeah. here we are, and you know it's twenty thousand sure. arena, even though we're getting squashed in the damn thing. Uh, but a lot of fun. Uh, but I didn't know how to ask. Hey, I want to work for you guys. How do I get a job? I just kept asking for more extra work, hoping somebody would just come and offer it to me. It just doesn't work that way. Of course not. Um, yeah. So finally, the best thing I ever did was get out of that circle. Go out west and then start doing, uh, you know, every this championship wrestling from Hollywood or going to Vegas or going to uh, Arizona, uh, Portland, everywhere. So um, it was just a lot of doing that, kind of uh, having some different mental shifts as far as what I was doing. Because a lot of the stuff was just kind of, I was letting life just kind of yeah. wash over me. And there was a certain point where I was just like, all right, I got to take control of this. And now I got to take the, the horns on this and move it where I want it to be. And that's kind of how it worked out. A lot of stuff worked out. I ended up getting signed to WWE in 2013. Uh, I did the, the show with The Rock, The Hero, around the same time. Yeah. And then all this stuff just started happening. Um, of course, the WWE thing didn't work out as well as I'd hoped. What, what, <laughs> what, what would you say was the biggest reason for that? Um, if, if I'm honest, I, at the core... Yeah, man, I, I say be 100% honest. Well, at man. the core of it, it's, it's me. Um, okay. I'm I'm so not good at uh, hiding my feelings, um, and and Bill Demont and I did not get along. Get and out of town! What a surprise, everybody! <laughs> get the f out of town! This just in: <laughs> Bill Demont didn't get along with somebody. Um, I mean, it was very strange because you'd come in some days and it'd like we'd be cool. Another day, I'd come in and be like, "Good morning, Bill." He'd look at my hand and just walk away, and not shake my hand. And it's like you're the head coach. Like, you're supposed to be an example. And he'd always say, oh, I'm working, I'm working. But what do you mean I'm working? Yeah. I, like, he's working you? Yes. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's bullshit. Like, is I'm what working, it is. I'm doing my job. I don't have time to shake it. No. Okay, that, you're being a dick, but I can see your point. I'm working. No. He means he's working He you. means he's working the boys. To what end? I don't know. And and it was it was just a lot of BS. And then I'd hear that, like, you know, he said he, he hated me to a couple people. And that's fine. We don't do yeah. best friends. But... 
I, I ended up going in and talking to him because I was like, well, I'm not just going to ignore that. And I was like, hey, so we need to talk. And he's, he's like, what's the problem? I said, well, I'm hearing that you're telling people you hate me. That's fine. I said, we don't have to be best friends or anything. But if that's going to impede my progress, I shouldn't be here. I should move on. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. Don't get caught up in all this high school BS. I, I'm, I'm just working when I'm saying that. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're not like in a situation where that makes sense. Yeah. Like I remember exactly when that happened. It was we were just setting up the ring for a show at NXT, and it's like, I think I think he'd asked somebody where are we setting up Gorilla, and I'd remember from the last time I was like, oh, we set it up here actually last time. Yeah. And then I continued on to do whatever, and he just turned around. And he's like, I effing hate that guy, <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool, but. Why am I here if that's the case? Mm. Because at every point, I can remember specifically, uh, Michael Cole said something to him about, hey, uh, I want this guy to, to do this, 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 whatever. Whoa, watch out. And uh, Bill just turns. I'm standing right there. And Bill goes, yeah, well, he doesn't take direction very well. And I'm just looking at Bill like, what did mm. I do to you? Yeah. And, and so the problem is a lot of guys can take that and keep it inside. I can't. And so at the end of the day, that falls on me. No matter what he did, no matter what he said, no matter how he acted, reacted to me, I had a choice to take it one way or the other. The only crazy thing is that somehow that story got blown up that I stormed in the office, slammed the door, and was looking for a fight. Huh. Which is complete insanity. There's cameras in the damn place. I'm, and anybody that knows me knows I'm not that type of guy right. to come in on okay. guns ablaze. And now I came in, and, and, and I was very assertive. But I wasn't in there like, come on, Bill, what the hell is this? You know, it wasn't anything like that. Got a problem with me? Yeah. Step outside? It was very calm. I'm, I, it was actually calmer yeah. than I'm talking to you right now. So, you weren't trying to work him into There was no work. <laughs> no work. And, and so the, the thing that shocked me was there were only two people in that office. There were only two people that knew that either of us were even there talking about this. Mm. So if that's the story that got around, who put the story out? Mm. And I don't want to point fingers, but then that, initial, then that eventually gets to Hunter who then repeats the story back to me the day before I was fired yeah. and tells me that I have to have respect for the coaches. And I did, because I got along with all of the coaches except him. And he's the guy who writes the reports and says, oh, this guy, no, he's not ready, blah, 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 whatever. So, yeah, man, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. I mean, just being honest. Go, go to court, and then the cop says, you sped, and you say, no, I didn't. Right. You're, you're paying the fine. Yeah. So at that point, it was like I had to just look at him and just be like, Okay. So, do you feel like you were um, you were able to show any of like? Were you proud of anything you did down there? I never really got to do anything. Really, unfortunately, like I, I the, the the my shining moment was on uh, NXT's 200th episode where I distracted the ref so yeah. that Bo Dallas could uh, win the NXT title. Um, and other than that, I was never seen again, never used again. I thought that was going to be the beginning of something, but they just kind of chose me as the guy to be the distraction and then I was never see the same thing because I don't even remember you being there yeah did I ever I, see you there uh you might have maybe I'm not sure but, but I mean I was never, we never ever... ran into each other that was the Tampa that was in Tampa right? no 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 this was I was, I was one of the I was oh, like okay. the very first class to be the performance oh, center. Okay. so like I started in July of 2013 I was gone August 2014 All right. um but yeah it was just I mean 
It's the thing. Here's the thing, man. I don't feel bad because I don't remember Kenny Omega being there either. And look what he's doing now. Yeah, I had no idea who's there. And you guys were probably there at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't surprise me. I got the blinders on half the time when I'm in there. But um, no. But you know what? It it actually worked out really well in the sense that uh, because for a lot of guys, once once you get that release, that can be career ending for a lot of people. I've seen so many guys, especially if you don't make it to TV. If you make it to TV, you've got a chance that you can go out and actually still make a living but don't make it to tv a lot of times that's it that's curtains and uh fortunately one of the producers who'd been there for a very long time believed in me had always had great words to say for my my promo works especially yeah and he reached out to impact and said hey i I think we might have missed an opportunity with this guy you should take a look at him and so about four or five months later uh i had a tryout match there and the rest is history and now you know former impact champion this that whatever but and you're man your pro, what do you think's the best part of your game? It's the promos for sure. You think? Yeah, hundred percent. But the other stuff is pretty damn good too, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to stink the joint out when I get in the ring. At the same time, it's it's a it's a weird dynamic now because if you want to get real heat with the fans, just the way that the the audience has changed, you almost have to suck because if you, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Think you do. Because, like, if, if you're doing cool stuff in the ring, they're going to yeah. cheer for you. And then if I'm doing cool stuff in the ring, plus I'm out-talking my opponent and I'm a heel, I'm outshining the baby face. So it's kind of, it's, hey, it's a weird thing to walk. But sometimes, hey, look. I mean, yeah. it's a little, uh, this expression maybe doesn't quite fit that, but it's better two guys, look, better one guy looks bad than two. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's not, it's not like the other guys look bad, but hey, man, don't you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to lower yourself. Oh, no. They should have they should be able they should have to come rise uh to the occasion Absolutely. for you. And it's 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 a really uh surreal feeling to go to a lot of these places because it is a very tweener reaction. Yeah. The music hits, pop, but then I get there and once I start talking it's Eli Drake sucks. And it's cool because I'm making yeah. him say something, and that's that's all I ever want. Give me that absolute value. Give me as far from zero as I can in whichever direction it is, and I'm a happy boy. I just think, look, hey, they didn't miss the boat on you, but uh, it's how like okay. I heard that your contract's coming up in Ju- this month, July 31st. Yeah. It, was, it was initially May 31st. I asked for a short extension just so I can figure some stuff out because um, I've got options and things to do. Uh, Impact has been amazing to me. Uh, they pay me very well, uh, contrary to popular belief and rumors and whatnot. Um, I'm living a comfortable life. Um, and at the same time, though, I have options, and i got to figure out what exactly I want to do. Where do I want my life professionally and personally to move to? So um, I'm going to probably try and make that decision as soon as I can, um, but we'll see what happens. Here's the thing, man. Whatever your decision is, if you decide to stay on the path that you're on right now, I, 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 a thousand, not that you need my support or yeah. approval, but I would a thousand percent support that and tell you, I think you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, not that you shouldn't go this way or that way, if you know, but man, I, I just, I, I think that, um, you, you should, not saying you don't, but I think you should, like, you know, like Cody, these guys, no self doubt at all, no. man. And there, and I don't think you should have any either. It's an amazing uh, thing to consider the fact that I can be outside of WWE, outside of that uh, factory system, if, yeah. if I'm honest, and and be able to still thrive, make a good living, be comfortable, and still have options to do other stuff. I've, I have immense freedom uh, that I'm so grateful for. Um, 
whereas if I go there, that's the big stage. It is the big game, and I think everybody wants to be there at some point. At the same time, uh, to what end? Because you essentially become an employee, even though legally otherwise. But um, you you kind of get stuck in that where it's it's tough to build things outside. Of that's right. I, I want to start building stuff outside of wrestling. I, yes. I want to start. Uh, I've got cash now that I can play with to invest in real estate and things like that. Start business. You don't want to start your own wrestling company? No, I do not want anything to do with that whatsoever. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that. Um, what a what a money pit. Um, uh, but yeah, so so it's it's it, there there are pluses and minuses to each side. The only thing that drives me nuts right now is with the current position of Impact and and with the ghosts of Impact's past. Yes, there's so much negativity that surrounds it. Even though I, I think we're doing amazing work right now, I, I think the TV show's immensely good, yeah. been improved. Uh, the presentation's been great. I think the talent's amazing. At the same time, it's like with the network we're on, we're the winner for them. At the same time, I just feel like nobody's seeing what I'm doing. And that's the one thing that gets my goat. But is that ego stroking worth uprooting and changing my entire life? That's the one thing that I keep going back and forth with in my head when it comes to this yeah. contract stuff. Um, because otherwise, other than the ego stuff and me wanting everybody to see and recognize what I'm doing, I'm loving life. Uh, yeah. So just got to figure that out from here. And wrestling is on, and wrestling's great right now. Yeah, that's great, and I've already said it a bunch of times that we're, you know, it's 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 about as good as it's ever been for wrestling fans, and like there's a ton of sh- like, it is and it isn't, um, and and this is going to be a weird opinion, and a lot of people are probably going to hate me for this. I kind of hate what wrestling's become, um, and what I mean by that is I feel like it's become giant spot fests where we're having to like kill ourselves, whereas my bread and butter. Your era, yeah. go back to the, the late 90s, it was characters, it was stories. You guys could, could you, you had awesome snappy moves where they were placed just right, and it was all the in-between stuff that really mattered. Now it's, man, I see the stuff that's going, look at the way Paige got kicked in the back. The, the reason we're doing that stuff is because it's like, this is real, this is real, I need you all to believe it. Whereas 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the people knew they were in on it, but they didn't care because they were so captivated by the characters, the storylines, all that stuff. Whereas now we have very jaded fans. It's the very niche wrestling fans who are like, give me more, bigger, bloodier, you know, hurt yourselves. And, and I, I don't like that. Um, I don't. I, the other thing I don't like is where it looks like complete full compliance half the time. It looks like guys are dancing with each other. I don't like that. My, my style of wrestling, I want it to look like a fight. Um, now I've given in a little bit and I've done some flippy stuff here and there. But for the most part, that's just kind of... Uh, shut Twitter up, but <laughs> you know. But uh, for the most part, I like to still stick to my bread and butter, which is it's the character stuff, everything in between, and pepper a few tight, solid moves in the middle. Yeah, I no, I, I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. It's me. Indie wrestling, I'm, though, is 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 huge. is huge. Yeah, but I, but I, but I think I think as a whole, domestically anyway, for like bigger companies, I don't think it's as big as it's ever been. If you look at like WWE's SmackDown tapings and Raw tapings, they're having a tough time filling out those hard camera sides, and they're having to move everybody to the opposite side so it looks like it's full. Uh, Impact, of course, sometimes we've had issues filling out and stuff like that. Yeah. Indie crowds, sure. Okay, you go to a place, you get three hundred people and five hundred people, and those are your hardcore wrestling fans but as far as like when there was a big boom in wrestling whether it was the 80s the 90s it was always a casual swell and the casual audience yeah, if but they tune in and see big characters they see still still called steve austin the rock which okay those are those are two guys that are once in a lifetime mm-hmm. 
Um, but if you see big characters like that and guys who can talk and bring you in and talk you into the fight, talk you into the match, that's going to bring in a casual audience. If you see a guy doing backflips and some and getting kicked in the head 58 times and still gets up and can fight, it's kind of silly. And those people are going to tune out, whereas... Okay, the, the niche wrestling fans are going to stay into that. But if you go and watch a UFC fight and a guy gets kicked in the head three times, he's not getting up. And that's the weird thing with wrestling now is we've somehow just let go of those rules of reality. And it's now in this strange territory of are we in reality or are we superheroes now? I, I think it know. depends on what brand of wrestling you're watching. Yeah. You know, Sean, I, I really do. Uh, I, I just – okay – what I meant by that is like, okay, I think we're on the beginning of the upswing yeah. for wrestling. I think it's going to get even bigger. Yeah. And it's going to last like other booms in wrestling do. You're going to get three, four, five years, something like that. You know, a couple, like three really good ones and, a, you know, a couple okay ones on each side of it. You know, uh, so I'm, I guess what I'm saying is like the there's the market for you is going to be there and it's going to be more and if you if you stay the course right now yeah. you're going to get your name's going to get out there more your stock's going to go up and and eventually like you know you're going to be able to uh People could be knocking on your doors, well, yeah, man. And, and see, the, the beauty of staying at Impact is the idea that I can try and build something up. The problem for for years now has been since WCW's gone, ECW's gone, there's no options. you got one game yeah. in town, and everybody's kind of got a bow at the altar. Whereas 20, 30 years ago, again, there were options. If I'm not happy here, I can go here. Yeah. The boys don't have those options now for the most part. A few of us do. I'm fortunate enough to be one of those guys who has those options. But if I, if I can help to build this Impact brand up or, or build other brands outside of that up, yeah. boys have options. That puts the power in our hands as opposed to us having to, yes, yes, please, yes, master, I'll be right there. Yeah, man, it feels good, yeah. right? It feels more comfortable. 100%. Right, and and that's important. And. And and the the balance of power should be a lot more evenly distributed. And when it is, the the industry is healthier. Like I, I mean, you could go back and look in, in past, and 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 it's and you know, it's a fact. You know, when we when we started getting, um, you know, when WCW was hot and WWE was hot, and all of a sudden, okay, now we're getting guaranteed contracts, lots of money, guaranteed money involved. And you know places to go, and yep. it was just it was just great for everyone. And everyone, the company, the boys, everyone made more money. Everyone, and I know it's difficult, like to you know uh, this perception that you're you're losing power or yeah. perceived control. But man, it's 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 better for everyone. It's better for everyone. Absolutely. Man. But the, but a lot of guys that see the problem with that is it's it's so tough to build other things outside of the WWE because it, there's that carrot dangling and once it kind of comes within range a lot of people bite and they're letting people do it more now though yeah it's it's feels so much less special now but because, they're let, but people are guys are getting are, are being able to do things like uh, um, keep their name no uh, fuck it, Austin Austin Creed. Oh, Xavier. Uh, Xavier he's got up, up, down, down. He's got his yeah. little, you know, this. It's, you know, just they they're allowing people to diversify more. I think they see what else is going on outside, yes. and it's it's almost forcing them to kind of adjust a little bit. Yes, again, that's putting power in, in the hands yeah. of the of the talent, which is is a good thing. 
Um, but it's 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 sad to see if you, if you're actually making money outside of there, and then you go there for little money. It's like. Come on, man. Like, you could really build something here, probably increase what you're doing. But, but you I got, get it because there's such upside potential there. And also, like, to do it the way you're talking about involves it's kind of scary. Yeah. As opposed to that comfortable way of going and getting that money and, okay, you got to check every week. You show up and do this and that. And, you know, the company's not going out of business. Yeah. And, you know, or you can go out and, the you know, the do it yourself route and take a chance on yourself and bet on yourself yep. and you know it's scary as hell man that's been the scary thing with impact i'll be honest for the last few years because ever since i got there it was like company shutting down company shutting down but i will say since anthem's taken over it's been 100 percent different yeah. structurally you can tell just like everything's so much more organized um it's it's been an amazing change and now like all that worry is just completely gone yeah hey so do you ever uh have you been following like what they do, what Billy Corgan's doing with the NWA? A little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I speak to Billy occasionally because, of course, he was at Impact for a while. Yeah. So, um, but a, a little bit, not not too tightly. I am so detached from wrestling. I I hardly know what's going on in my company, WWE, the Indies. People will be like, "Hey, did you see so and so?" I'm like, I don't know. I, I, the only reason I ask you that is because, you know, I when I had Billy on, on the show and discussing that, and it was before. It was before Nick, uh, before before Nick Aldis was the champ, and you know he's talking about his vision of of what his NWA champion would be, and it, it sounds an awful lot like you, honestly. Like you know, I I, would, I could see you. Well, it was me because uh, we had actually spoken about it. Oh, uh, well, so, there you go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, because he uh, we we had talked about it. Um, in I think it was last year, 2017, because uh, I was coming up for renewal uh, and impact, and I was just kind of shopping different options and whatnot. And uh, so he made me a, a actually pretty good offer, and wanted to just kind of make everything central around me. And he was talking yeah. about how like it would be more personality based, which is right up my alley. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I had a very nice guaranteed raise with Impact if I stayed, and I just wanted to take advantage of that. Um, so I stayed there. Plus, I liked the trajectory of what was going on because again, there were changes happening and stuff like that. Um, and now I'm thankful I did stay because I mean I got a, a good fun title run. There's been a lot of new talents coming. It's made it really exciting and new. And uh, my bank account's growing pretty well. So, so about your about your relationship with Impact, what does that entail? Like, does that keep you from going and say doing, you know, our late or like, can you be on anyone else's TV? The, the only thing, yeah, technically it's supposed to keep me off of other TVs, but they've been pretty lenient as of late. As yeah. long as like you kind of talk to them about it, figure some stuff out between companies and whatnot. Um, I, I think a lot of times you can get greenlit because I mean if. Uh, Aries was there. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know, but there might be something in the works there. I'm not in the office. Don't no, uh-huh. listen to me. Don't quote me. But there might be. I don't know. Huh. Do you guys want to get on this? Yeah. Come on. So, you know, Come on. Impact, what are you doing? Impact has been creating, you know, building so many stars that we've seen have gone on to the WWE and whatnot. You spoke about all the different changes, the programming, and all of that. So now... What do you think Impact has to do next to get rid of whatever negative stigma stigma that they had from fans that maybe didn't want to give the the promotion a chance? You know, what do you think that they have to do to get more eyeballs? I, I, I don't I don't think we have to do anything different necessarily. I think if we keep doing what we're doing and put out a consistently good product, 
people are eventually going to come in. At the same time, if we're putting out a consistently good product and we can get on a slightly better, more visible network, I think that would help as well because it is kind of tough to get pop for some people. I know I've spoken to people they are like, well, that's on my premium. I know on mine it's basic it. cable. Yeah, see, so I mean some people can't get that without it being a you know premium package or whatever. Um, I, I had made this suggestion. It's probably incredibly unlikely, but kind of like how uh, in the 80s um, – WWE started doing Saturday Night's main event. Pop is a CBS station, and I was thinking if we could find a way to perhaps maybe the main CBS station on a Saturday night at 11 30, 12 o'clock, whatever it is, maybe do something where we get an hour slot and put something on there. I know that's trying to get into like in CB- CBS syndication. Yeah, I mean, something to where at least it can be a, a bigger platform. Hey, by the way, it's just basically an hour long commercial of you can watch this on Pop TV every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, Pie in the sky, maybe, but I think uh, ambition's good, and that's what you need to have. So I, I think things like that and just trying to make ourselves more visible. Um, our, our Internet numbers are great. Um, I mean, the, the YouTube channel, all that stuff, people are looking. I mean, they're checking in. They're seeing it. Uh, you get all the negative comments, but the negative comments means that people are watching. People are looking. People are seeing it. So I, I'm not bothered by that in the least. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, again, I went off on a tangent, but it's basically okay. just, uh, you know, just keep doing what we're doing. No, you're absolutely right. And if anyone watches Impact now, the post-production has skyrocketed. I Amazing. think it's, it's a guy named Kevin Sullivan maybe yes. doing it. Oh, Kevin, it's yeah. It's so good. And for it's just, they have that people that are just they're just saying, oh, it's Impact. I haven't watched in years. Well, then you can't criticize. Yeah. And it's gotten so good. As far as persona and personality, you mentioned The Rock, Stone Cold, larger-than-life personalities. In an era like today, social media is everywhere. How important, if you had to put a percentage on it, character versus ring, what would you say? Because obviously you've been you know, on the mic gold for years, and you're, you're a character. What do you think is the most important thing there? Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, character is always most important. Yeah. Um, and and the reason is because look at the best TV shows. Look at the best movies. Right. I, I can't tell you. There's a bar right down the street from my place called Bordner's, and they have these ridiculous, terrible D movies, uh, you know, straight to DVD, where it's explosions, it's boobs, it's yeah. guns. So you can have all those high spots, but there's no good story or good characters. So that's why it's straight to DVD. But when you have good stories, good characters, that's your box office hit. Um, and, and so that's, that's the same. Wrestling is 100% exactly the same. It's Hollywood. So it's always going to be character. Now, it's also important that you can still you know, walk the walk when you're in the ring. Um, but at the same time, I do think, if I'm being honest, that's secondary. That, I, because for them to care about the match, they have to care about the character. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you have. It's. I I've seen it a bunch of times, man. Like uh, guys will go out there and they will bust their ass yep. and technically just crush it, and nobody gives two shits. No, two shits. No, I I I I've had that happen specifically where a guy and I had we had something specifically laid out, and we watched the first match go out there, and these guys killed. I mean, they put on an amazing match. The crowd sat with their hands on their ass the whole time. They didn't react at all. And I said, we're not doing anything. It plan. looks like they're out there pretending to be pro wrestlers. Yes. So we, we went out and just had a fun. We did a, a pose off, dumb stuff that brought in. Uh, we'd use the referee and just did dumb stuff. And, and But they ate it up. Yeah. It was character stuff. That's what that, No matter how many times you want to see a guy get kicked in the head or slammed or whatever, you still want to see a fun character. I only, saw, oh, I only want to see it between people I care about. Exactly. That's it. I mean, okay, so, so think about this. I, 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 um, uh, 
wrestling itself, I don't think, has created any big megastars. Uh, you could you could argue John Cena, and not nothing since. And the, the biggest thing that you can show to uh, um, give that example, uh, what did they just do? Raw twenty five or, or whatever recently. Stone Cold, his music hits. The pop was crazy. Nobody gets a pop like that in the current roster or anything today. But if you went back to when Austin was there, could you bring in Bruno, Bruno San Martino and he'd get a pop like that? No, because he was an old guy from 20 years ago. Whereas now the current guy is getting the big pop. That doesn't happen now. Why? Because I don't. It's a different think, kind of pop. It, it is, but I, I don't. I don't think that. I think the reason is because everybody's focused on moves, moves, moves instead of let's develop a character. Let's have something cool that people resonate with and care about. Yeah, and this that emotional equity isn't built. Like it's just different, man. And also, the, the people just and they long for for that. Like yep. they and and they want it, and they're not getting it as much. And just yeah. me speaking as a viewer, obviously you've been a heel for the majority of your career. Yeah. But one thing about you, though, and, it's because that initial perception, right? <laughs> and you can't say this about all heels. You are not afraid to look foolish. Like you are not afraid to get egg on your face. And I think that's so important for as a viewer for a heel to be like, okay, he's not infallible. He's not perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's huge. It, it, the, the the best way to, that I could put that is is as a heel, you want to try and look cool and then eventually slip on a banana peel. Because I mean, yeah. that's 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 really you're you're strutting your stuff out there. You're the big badass, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get your shorts pulled down or something stupid happens to where you know you get the egg on the face as you said so. i see you as a baby base eventually believe it or not i i i do too you've actually seen that before and it went over pretty well because what ends up happening is is it's kind of what i said before where it's like it's it's the promos that kind of outshine whoever i'm working with whatever and then the people start getting on yeah. that and all it takes is doing exactly what i'm doing toward a heel exactly and then yeah. it's, it's a whole different game. Yep. And then just doing the stuff that the, the your offensive stuff yep. that like is your signature stuff. The difference is is instead of doing that in the heat, yep. you do that in your comeback now. Yep. And that's it. Well, not just that's not just yeah. it. There's uh, way more to it than that, folks. Well, clearly but, you're a natural on the mic. Has that always been something you're good at, even at the very start of your career? I, I wouldn't say good, but it was always my focus. Um, I have there are videos of me from when I was a kid uh, mimicking rock promos I remembered Austin promos I remembered I used to be on AIM uh, back in the day and I would type out pro like I would just talk trash to people on AIM just like <laughs> in promos and stuff um, it was it was uh, a wild day. I mean in in my high school senior year I made shirts with my face on it and I'm doing the eyebrow carry around a belt and stuff and people just they'd eat it up. Um, so it was just dumb stuff like that. And, and so my thing was always, I wanted to look like a wrestler. So I didn't even want to start training until I was over 200 pounds. Um, so I made sure to get myself in the gym. I think it was, uh, just after I turned 20 years old, uh, I got, I was about 210, started training. And so I wanted to look the part and I wanted to sound like a wrestler. So the first thing it, it was, can I talk? Can I look like it? Now let's add the actual yeah. wrestling part of the whole thing. It's nice to look the part. Yeah. I, 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 my, I want to rip my hair out when I, when I look around the Indies. Uh, you right don't now. have to be the biggest guy, man. But no, like, but just look like God an athlete. God damn, get in shape. Look like an athlete. Yeah. That's all I ask. Or if, you're, if you don't look like one, like the other stuff about you, you better knock it out of the yes. park. Yes, yes. There's got to be something yes. special. You can't be the guy in the third row. You can't. 
Mm-mm. Why is that guy going to pay to see himself in the? Yeah. I mean, he probably would pay to see himself in the ring, but why would he pay to see another version of himself in the ring? Yeah, want actually, to see like I, the one thing I noticed about you is like you all like from the very first step, you always looked like you always looked apart, look like a pro wrestler. The gear, you, like, you had trunks. Nice yeah. to see a guy wearing trunks. I like wrestling. That's trunks. a lost art. I feel like you know. I mean, it means you got to work legs, but yeah, <laughs> that, that is a bitch. But I will be doing that in about an hour and a half. So, Bad well, day. speaking of looking the part, you were able to team up with Scott Steiner. Yes. What was that like? Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you're gonna have to do all the work here," and I was just like, "Yeah, I know." But then he got there; he was so damn generous. Uh, and and I, I remember actually, he walked in and. There were no thoughts of doing a Frankensteiner whatsoever. I completely just jokingly was like, hey, you got another Frankensteiner in you? And he's like, yeah, I think I could do that. And I'm like, okay, wow. cool, we're in business. So uh, he uh, was explaining to one of the guys you know, how to, how to take it on the run. He was like, you know what, let's just do it off the top. I'm like, cool, this is great, <laughs> score. Wow. Um, so th- th- that was amazing. Um, just just to say that, and, and you know, you get a lot of the negative BS on that. Oh, the guy's fifty four. Who cares? It's Scott Steiner, and it's an awesome experience. How was be... how was your experience with him personally? He's like, great, right? So easy. See, because you know, you hear these stories about Scotty, and and I've heard them all too, man. I've never experienced anything like that with him no. personally, ever. Not no. saying that other that's all lies or anything. No, yeah. But my personal experience with him. Has always been man. He's always been a pleasure to be around, and I've never seen him. Uh, maybe once or twice, like go off on people, yeah. but never like out and out just be bad to people. When the cameras are on, he's yeah. on. But otherwise, I mean, he's super mild man. It's super cool. Um, just no no issues whatsoever. It was great. So easy. So easy. I, I'd throw anything at him. He'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Whatever. I'm like, Cool. Hey, Sean. Like, I know it's like the Tommy Dreamer is. Working with Impact a little bit, yep. and like I, like it, it, it kind of started at WrestleMania weekend, right? He was helping out with uh, stuff at ROH. Yeah, he was doing uh, producing backstage with us uh, at the for the because we kind of did like uh, I guess the joint show, right? With the House of Hardcore, like Impact, right? Lucha Underground, Lucha, Lucha Underground. Yeah, but then we, yeah. then we also did uh, some. Uh, I'm sorry, not House Lucha Hardcore. House of Hardcore yep. um, joint shows and whatnot as well. So. Yeah, he's he's kind of become a, a fixture backstage again because he was there when I first started in 2015, and then right. I left for a little bit, and now he's back. So, I love that guy; he's great. He is, and and I and I guess the reason why I brought that up is just the you know the mentality of people wanting to reach out and work with each other and help other promotions. You know, even yeah. though they have their own, and you know, like I talked about this, I think before you came on. You know. That mentality of we got to crush the enemy. Yep. For us to win, they have to lose. I don't. Don't have to be like that, man. And, and I don't even think that was the mentality of, of the uh, of the uh, of the previous administration. But for whatever reason, they just rubbed everybody the wrong way. And I'm not uh-huh. saying anything bad about them because they were people who brought me in and they were great to me. At the same time, it's just. Man, TV deals and other companies and everybody. It was just like I just mean the mentality well, of now, wrestling in general. At one time, yes. like the WWE, everywhere. Okay, they're the enemy. Yeah. we have to crush them. And he, no one better be caught talking to them. That kind of shit. Yeah, and 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 I'm so happy that's not the case anymore. It, man. it definitely feels like there's more of an, an opening. Hell, uh, even the, the the Hardy's DVD now had impact footage yeah. on a WWE DVD, and yeah. they plugged the Global Wrestling Network. It's like. 
mind blowing. It's it's a whole other plane we're on right now. I haven't seen Global Wrestling Network, but I know I'm on some of it. There's some kind of yeah, probably, pretty cool oh, stuff. Yeah, because they've got that. a bunch of old Impact stuff. Yeah, in there, so yeah. Yeah, I would I would encourage people to check it out. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, for I, sure. Pretty sure. I think it's free. I don't know. I'm not so, sure. Is it easier for <laughs> you to make bucks. the decision to sign a contract, knowing that all these companies are working together, that you'll be able to go other places as well? Well, sure. See that, and and that was the cool thing when, when I actually when I was the champion of Impact, they were sending me everywhere. I went to Japan with Noah. Uh, I've been to Canada. They sent me to Mexico with AAA. Um, I, we were in India. So, like, just having those opportunities and to go work with different companies and all that, it's 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 amazing because now you're not. I felt like a truly. Uh, like a true world champion. It wasn't just in that little bubble stuck in Orlando or stuck in wherever you are. Like they were sending me everywhere to go wrestle with this title, which is a real world champion. Do you find an issue always wrestling at the impact zone with those same fans all the time? Yes. Uh, and I love those fans. They're great. They're, they're always there. The only problem is they're spoiled. And, and, and what I mean by that is when you're doing five days in a row, Holy crap. Uh, you know, you can only take so much wrestling. And at the same That's time, right. it, it, the first day we're there, and the house is packed because we haven't been there in a couple months. So now it's like everybody wants to come in. They're there. But now we usually start that on a Sunday. That'll be like a pay-per-view. House is packed. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not so much. Now you're getting mm-hmm. people in from the in from the uh, Universal. from Universal Studios, which is good in a sense that we're turning on new eyes who probably haven't seen the show. At the same time, here's people who paid 70, 80 bucks a person to be in a park. They don't want to sit for, because those tapings are like three hours long. Yeah, it eats up their whole, like, their whole day at the park. So it's, it's kind of, it's not a great situation, but we we were just in Canada in Windsor, um, and it was amazing. All paid audience, place was packed to the gills, and everybody was so passionate, so loud, and it was two days. Perfect. Two days is great. Yeah. If you're doing five days in the same building, same town, you, you're killing yourself. And and I know we were doing it for cost efficiency and all that. Uh, at the same time, it's like the cost efficiency is great, but when it looks and sounds like crap on TV, you're not doing yourself any favors because one of the favorite things watching wrestling as a kid was hearing the crowd reaction. Yes. Because when that crowd reacts and I hear the commentators reacting almost similarly to the crowd, that makes me excited and want to be there. Yeah. But if if it doesn't seem exciting in that building, why would everyone want to be there? Man, and as a as a performer, man, when you're trying to draw up the energy of the people and they have nothing to give you, yeah. man, because you yeah. got to get it from somewhere. Yeah, it's oh. it's it's rough, and then you, you, you're doing anything in your power to do it. But then sometimes I'll just I'll, I'll grab a hold, and just lay there, and I'll be like, "Don't move till they give you something. <laughs> yeah. Don't move. Don't nice. move." Because uh, that's all you can do at that point. Then they'll start doing something, even if it's boring, boring. Hell, that's that works. Right now, that trick is that something you've learned through your years of wrestling oh, yeah. that someone else taught you. Yeah, because because when you're you, when you're younger and you hear silence, you're like, oh no, I, I, I got to do something bigger. I got to do something more. This, but the, the people react the most when you're still. If you're moving and moving, they're going to watch. They're going to take in what you're doing. They're not going to be able to react and make noise. But if you take that second to stay, that's why whenever you see a, a double down after some awesome move, that's when the people chant, this is awesome or whatever. They're not going to do it while you're running around and doing 58 moves. So um, I can remember a few different people, but particularly I can remember Terry Taylor talking about that and just saying, you know, if if, if they're not giving you anything, make them give you something. Don't work for them. Make them work for oh, you. Oh, I've been in matches with Terry. Yeah. My early WWE house show matches. with I had my first house show matches were, were, were with Terry. And, yeah, we t- 
took me over in a headlock, and we heard a boring chant or, yep. or uh, more than one. And he was like, "Okay, we're going to stay right here." That's exactly what he yeah. said. Yep. He, he, he said, "If you get," he said, "If you get boring, grab the headlock. You're the heel. Put yeah. him down. Make it boring." And then that then the babyface's job is to make it exciting again. Now we can't do that on TV, man. It's tough. I know. Yeah, we just can't. But. You know, that was definitely... House shows yes. and live events, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, man, hey, let's... We're, we're coming up towards the end of the show, so let's uh, let's get some some final good stuff in here. Yeah, I got one more. We talked about working with Scott Steiner. Another legend that you worked with at least a couple of years, side-by-side, side, was Percy Pringle. Most people know yeah. him as Paul Bear. What's one lasting... Because, God, he was hilarious. What's one lasting uh, impression or memory... That you have from working with him? Um, well, you know, honestly, it was uh, after he passed. Um, just the, the simple fact that he he knew he was about to die. Yeah. Um, and he had kind of put some things in place um, to where uh, his, his assistant reached out to me. I was actually in Panama filming The Hero at the time. So, like, mm-hmm. I had no phone, no computer, no nothing. So I didn't even know. It was The Rock who actually told me. And because he didn't, he thought... I guess he forgot that we didn't have our phones or computers because he was like, um, he was like, hey, I'm sorry, what happened to your manager? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, uh, he's like, William Moody died last night. And I'm like, Ugh. I had no idea. Ugh. And then I could see the look on his face because now he knew that he was the one who was breaking the news to me. And like, he felt like a complete piece of garbage at that point. And I'm like, I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But I was like, holy shit. Uh, but when I, I actually got on the phone with Dave Marquez and he told me that um, I needed to get in touch with... Um, with uh, Percy's assistant and his assistant was saying that like Percy had set some stuff aside that he wanted me to have and like he left a message for me and all this kind of stuff and I'm just like that's that's the kind of guy he was and that's just amazing to me that he could think of of me of all people um, in in that moment and at that time so um, awesome guy funny guy one of the funniest guy guys ever be- oh my so god good. he was so funny and some of the stories he'd tell me I, I shouldn't even repeat here you but it was so good here. so so in the good year 2018 <laughs> <laughs> but they were good yeah. i promise you oh man so what did he leave for you um well it, it was it was a couple things um so there, there was a whole like package of kind of like I don't know if I'd call it memorabilia necessarily, but it was kind of like backstage passes that he had and, and, and different things like that and like a, a written message and things like that. So um, it, it was just like personal stuff that, that was his and that he thought I might like to have. So again, just the the thought was amazing. Yeah. Do you know you, when, when they did the angle with, with CM Punk and Taker where they had uh, Paul dress up, Paul Heyman dress up like... like uh, yeah. Um, a lot of people weren't happy about that, man. Honest, like my note, like the per, the purse Pringle I know, like would have been just fine with that. Yeah, um, I can understand maybe if the family members didn't like it. Yeah, but no, I know that's... Percy would have been like all in, like completely. when I'm dead. Yeah, exploit the <laughs> shit out of me. Yeah, completely. Yes, hundred percent. I I did a I did a more. Um... A more shoot tribute, I guess. It's on YouTube. Sean Ricker pays tribute to Percy Pringle, I think. It was at uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I wasn't even supposed to be there that day. Uh, but I'd just gotten back from Panama, and Marquez was just like, do you want to go out and say anything? And I was like, give me a mic, I'll, I'll talk. Yeah. Um, and eventually I, I turned it into promoting the event that was coming up. But uh, but it was it, the first five or so minutes was just like, I don't know what to say. This amazing man's gone. Yeah. I love him, I miss him. Um, all that so just 
Awesome guy. Dude, did he ever tell you about the inner workings of the mortuary of the funeral home business? <laughs> he, he, oh, I, you don't have very very much nice to say about that. I oh my god! The funny thing is, the first time he told me, I didn't know he was actually legit. Yeah, I oh, didn't know yeah. he was actually worked at a funeral home his whole life. Like, oh, grew he, up in a funeral. He home. told me there the big, it's the biggest racket. They 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 prey on your like. You know that you're your like, vulnerability. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, okay. Just use the emotions. Could, they show you this piece of shit like pine box, and then they show you this like you could put your loved one in this, or then you have this. You know, like you know, like it's all sales. Just, oh yeah, yeah, man, just shameless shit. Yeah. Oh. Just, let's use these negative emotions yes. to get money. Come on, oh, for sure, man. And, <laughs> and so, like him telling me that yeah. when my father-in-law passed away, and I had to deal with them, like I saw every tactic they were trying on me. And, oh, I wasn't very nice to him Ugh. at all. Anyways, our, rest in peace, uh, Percy, man. Hell yeah. You are so missed, man, and so loved by, oh, my God. Like, Dusty, Percy. like Dusty, just, man. Yeah, Dusty right? was great to me, too. I, I love Dusty. Like, every time we'd do promo class at, at uh, the Performance Center, he would just pull me aside and just be like, that was, that was so good. He's like, you're ready. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. Now if you can just tell Bill DeMott that. Oh, so it's nothing. Oh, go ahead. How do you practice your promos? Do you I, even practice your promos? I uh, half the time I'll go out there and I don't know what I'm going to say. Um, other times I, I've been in the shower and just something will come to mind and I'll just be like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. Or uh, sometimes just in the car. You know what? The, the best, the best music that just gets me in that mode is is hip hop, like a Jay Z or West Coast hip hop, Dr. Mm. Dre, Snoop, whatever. And I'll, I'll, as I'm rapping the song, I, I won't necessarily rap it. I'll I almost do it like I'm talking. The facials, everything's there, whatever. Um, and so I take a lot of that. Sometimes I'll take quotes from it, whatever, uh, and plug it in. So it's like that kind of stuff. I look like a psycho in my car. Uh, but I'm just, you know, cutting promos in my car, essentially, while I'm rapping. So, nice. But there's not really, like... I'm not like rehearsing. Like I'll watch guys walk back and forth and rehearse the promos. I'm like, just talk. No one ever asked me like <laughs> what I do to prepare for my promos. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I, thank I'm you. Grateful, thank you so much. I'm grateful that you came in, man. No, uh, I'm, to studio. I'm super happy you had me. As soon as I got the message, I was like, hell yes, I will be there as soon as I can. I was telling these guys earlier how we bumped. I bumped into you at Macy's the yes. day before we were we went Going to, to WrestleMania. Yeah. Yep, or yeah, we were both trying to pretend like it wasn't us. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hey, before we go, last stuff, like uh, you want to get out there and everyone, social media stuff, stuff you're working on. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram, at the Eli Drake. Uh, I've got T-shirts. You can get the best T-shirts in the business, uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash Eli Drake. What else do I have? Is there anything else? I don't know. If there is, I forgot about it. But it doesn't hey, matter. But, uh, the, the dummy button is available oh. on uh, uh, iPhone and Android. You might want to pick that up. And um, that might be it. Pro Wrestling Tees? Pro Wrestling Tees. You have, do you have Pro Wrestling Tees yeah. store? Yeah. Yeah, right on. Man, I'm... You already, I've said this before, man. I'll say it again before we leave. I'm a big fan of yours, Thank man. Thank you very much. As, as, as a human being and as a professional wrestler, man. That's, Thanks for coming on, man. That's amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Hey, um, and real quick before we go. Uh, follow Sean on Twitter at the Real Xbox, uh, Instagram Xbox One Two Three Sixty, Facebook Xbox One Two Three Sixty Show, shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. 
at Jay Quasto, a championship wrestler from Hollywood every single week. You can watch Worldwide on Fight TV. We just had an amazing coastline clash, so check it out if you need more wrestling in your life. Hell yeah, we get to go out with the NWO music too. I dig that. Sweet. <laughs> hey, it's good, good to have you back, Johnny, by the way. Thank Johnny, you. you. Johnny Laquasto was uh, gone uh, on a cruise ship performing yeah. stand-up comedy. And I won't be back on that one, but that's another <laughs> story. Because <laughs> penis, everyone. That, that's another story. Uh, Oops. Uh, yeah. Anyways, all right. Hey, uh, we'll see you right here next week. And, and eh, I'm not going to tell you who we're going to have on next week, but Somebody. it's a pretty big star. All right. See you, next two, see you right here next week on Sometime. Xbox 12360. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, Christy Olson, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow Xbox on Twitter at The Real Xbox, and email us at xpoc12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.